Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we thank you for this day. And Lord, I pray that you would just continue to pour out upon us this morning, Lord God, that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity, that you would open our spiritual ears to hear your voice speaking to our hearts, and that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us today, God. And we're so thankful that we can come into your presence and pray with expectation that you will do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. So we pray this prayer with great expectation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for joining us in worship. And let's recite our mission statement. It is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And then our vision or our goal is, come on, you know it, to become disciples who will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. So that's our goal. That's our heart. And that's what God's called us to do. So I'd like to release Warrior Youth and children's ministry at this time. And uh, I, I want to welcome you again. Thank you for joining us this morning. And we're in this series, Seeking God. So have you been seeking God this year? Have you kind of made a new commitment? I hope you have, and not from a, a ritualistic or legalistic approach, but just from w desiring to spend more time with Him. So last week, uh, this morning I'm going to be talking about prayer. Last week I, I taught on worship. And uh, if you were here, you know the praise and worship team, they were partying out there at the NAM show in California and uh, looking at all the new equipment coming out and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, the thing is, worship is about engagement with him. And uh, we're, every Christian is called to be a worshiper. If we say that we're a Christian, we should be worshipers. And uh, many of the Psalms are, are actually prayers that... Uh, uh, were, that included praise and music, and, and what I see is there is a connection between praise and worship and prayer, because uh, they both are designed to help us connect with the Lord, and so we have wonderful times of, of worship on Thursday mornings where we come together and we just pray and, and we spend time in worship, and it's a really sweet time. So as every Christian should be a worshiper, every Christian should have a prayer life too. And where we're spending time with him, and uh, it should be authentic, it should be just open communication to the Lord. I've talked to people, and they're like, well, I, I really don't know how to pray. Well, can you talk to me? Can you talk to your wife? Can you talk to your neighbor? Can you talk to your coworker? It's the same thing. We're just, we're just being authentic with God. And, and so there should, of all people, we should be able to be free and authentic with, it should be the Lord. And, and we can be honest with him. There are times when I'm like frustrated or I'm, I'm joyful or I'm crying or, you know, whatever my emotional state may be in, and I can bring those things to the Lord. Um, let me give you some examples of prayer. Uh, I just kind of broke this down into three, and there's probably more than that. But uh, one example is basic prayer. Like uh, we pray for our food every time we eat. Um, Pastor Christine and I pray at night before we go to bed. It's the last thing we do before we go to sleep. It's, a, it's the, the first thing that we do before we depart 
in the morning. And there's some level of intimacy with that, right? And uh, so, and we teach our children, God is great, God is good, and we thank him for our food. Or, uh, you know, other little prayers like that. And those are, those are fine and good, but we're establishing in them the importance of prayer and uh, they learn that as they see us. So that's what I would consider basic level of prayer. Again, there's some intimacy in that. But uh, there's another level of prayer, I believe, that's more intimate. And I would call it intermediate prayer. And that's where we're praying for our needs. Lord, help me today. Help me in this situation. Help me to whatever. Or I'm praying for my spouse. Or I'm praying for somebody else. And so there's, a, there's another level of intimacy there. It's not just kind of uh, going through the motions, but there's a real intention there. And then I think there's another level of uh, maybe more advanced where we're praying the Lord's will. It, it becomes less about us and more about him. Lord, what are you saying to me in this situation? What are you doing through this, this thing that I'm going through? And so the goal is that we come into this intimate relationship with him. And intimacy doesn't just happen just like that necessarily, but it's a process where we're growing in this relationship. So prayer is a, a vital part of that, I believe. And, and it's really just about getting in that zone with him. And like we did this morning, you get into that place where you're just worshiping and where you feel his presence. And we can get alone with him in, in a setting where we're just pouring out our heart to him. Or maybe we're just being still. And we're saying, God, speak to me today. Speak to me. I'm just going to be quiet. I'm just going to be still. I'm just going to bow down. I'm just going to listen for your voice. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. You guys are familiar with this passage. But verse 16 says, always be joyful. So to be joyful is to rejoice. And I think that that requires the Lord working in our life. Because how many times have you not been joyful? Uh, when you get a, a, a raise at work, you're joyful. When you get a promotion at work, you're joyful. When your, your wife says, hey, I want to give you a back massage for 20 minutes, you're joyful. <laughs> when you're going through some problems at work with your boss, anti-joy, no, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. We can be joyful at all times, but it's going to take the Lord working in our life. And so the Word is saying always be joyful because, again, it's about getting our focus on Him and taking, taking our, our focus off our situation sometimes. So always be joyful. Uh, my first point this morning is prayer directs our attention to the Lord. That is the purpose, that's the goal, that we begin to not so much focus on our situation, but on Him. So let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5.17. It says, never stop praying. And so we're to, to uh, have a, a commitment of prayer. And uh, this scripture doesn't mean that we're to pay, pray 24-7, you know, every minute of every hour. I can't go to work today because I, I have to pray all day. It doesn't mean that I can't talk to you right now because I'm praying. I mean, there, there should be some times maybe where we isolate ourselves. But it's talking about developing a lifestyle of praying where we pray without ceasing, I think is, is one version. I think that's the King James Version. Pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. Pray a lot. And again, it doesn't have to be from a ritualistic thing. Oh, God, I've come here today. You know, just be real. 
just those little popcorn prayers as you're driving, as, as, as the Holy Spirit begins to bring something to your mind. Ah, you know what? I, I, I just want to pray for this person right now because I just thought about them. I need to be praying for them. I'm praying for my safety on the road here. Or I'm, you know, whatever. And so as we're in this, in this relationship with the Lord, it's like just being on this path or on this river, and God is just guiding us and leading us. And yes, we all have responsibilities. We all have things to do. But we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I've shared with you many times when I'd be working in the lab, I'd see somebody walk by and I'd say, God, just bless them. Go get them. Save them, God. Touch their heart. Touch their marriage. Touch their family. Touch their life. Pour out on them right now. Let them feel the presence of God so strong. Just hit them. Hit them with your presence right now. Let them feel that. And so God is looking for people that are people of prayer that he can speak to. Hey, pray for them right now. And are we people of prayer? Are we comfortable with prayer? Are we listening to the Holy Spirit? 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And again, I think it's that relationship that only can keep us, uh, can, can only keep us thankful in all circumstances. Who wants to be thankful when you're going through something? But there's, again, there's a dynamic that happens as we begin to put our focus on the Lord and say, God, I don't understand what's going on here. Uh, but I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to keep seeking you regardless. And I know that you're going to work it all out because you work everything out for my good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And so I, I love the Lord, and I know that his calling is on my life, and uh, I'm going to do everything I can to be obedient, and I know that he's going to direct my path in the way that I should go. So trusting the Lord in all situations is critical, is key. So um, things I want to talk just briefly about the, some of the things that we've discussed during the series Seeking God. We've talked about daily disciplines. We've talked about reading the Word. We've talked about spending time with Him. We've, we talked about uh, faith. I spent a couple of weeks talking about faith. What is faith? Faith is really trusting God. Are we men and women of faith? Because it's what? Impossible to please God without what? Faith. Uh, we talked about, last week we talked about worship. That worship is, is another form of this connection with him where we're seeking him, where we're spending time in his presence. There's something that happens when we just get alone or even corporately when we pray or when we worship. And so prayer is certainly an important part of that. Again, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. You, you need to uh, memorize this one. Never stop praying. Everybody can get that one. Come on now. Let's say it together. Never stop praying. Okay. That's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it. All right. All right. So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 5 and 6, Jesus is teaching on various topics, and in uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, he, he is teaching on prayer. And uh, he says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. And so this Greek word, and we've talked about this before, this Greek word hypocrite means hypocrite, but it also means an actor or a pretender. 
So he's saying, look, when you pray, don't be out there trying to get accolades or so people can see you because the religious leaders, I think they would do that. They would be out there, oh, look at him. He's so spiritual. He has this relationship with the Lord, and oh, he prays so beautifully. And he, you know, I've heard people pray, well, I heard people say, well, I just don't pray very beautiful, or, or I don't pray like so-and-so or whatever. You know what? Prayer is about just expressing to the Lord. So it, it's, a, it's a heart condition. It's not about an external, how it looks or how it sounds. Um, it's just expressing our heart to God. And so Jesus is saying, you know, don't, don't be a hypocrite out there. Don't be an actor. Be authentic. Be real. Because it's not about what everybody else sees and says, oh, look at them. It's about what I see. It's what the Lord sees in our heart. Uh, verse 5 continues, I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. So if you're just out there, you know, stirring a bunch of stuff up and people are looking at you and, and, and uh, affirming you in that, that's the only reward you will get. What is the motive of our hearts when we pray? It's not look at me. It's not for show. It should be authentic connection with him. Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go, by, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. So there should be an element of private prayer. He's not saying that public prayer is wrong because there is power, and we come together and pray uh, corporately sometimes, and that's awesome. But he's saying, take time to get along with your Father. Yes, you can pray corporately, but also take time to pray when you're alone with him. So my first point is prayer directs our attention to the Lord. My second point is prayer is not for show. It's for connection with the Lord. Um, Matthew 6, 6 continues, Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When I look at the scripture, I think, wow, that's, that's interesting. There's a reward for us when we pray? Well, yeah. Because any time that we connect with the Lord, any time we're in this uh, place where we're hearing from him, uh, spending time with him, it's a, it's a blessing for us to spend time in prayer. Answered prayer is a blessing. The Holy Spirit speaking to us is a blessing. And many times we can't really get in that place, that quiet place where we're hearing from the Lord with all the noise and all the stuff going on around us and, and in the normal everyday grind of life. And sometimes we just need to pull away and hear that small, still voice. And, and so we considered that uh, prayer and praise and worship are both great connections to the Lord. And so we can praise God. We can pray to God any time of the day, wherever we are. Even when we're doing our mundane jobs, we can be in prayer or worship. And both lead to this connection to him that is the key of this relationship. So it's all about a relationship with Jesus. Amen? Okay, verse 7, when you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. Don't just recite prayers. But again, it's a heartfelt prayer connection. Authentic versus memorized or repeating prayers. Um, how do we teach our children? Three ways. Example. example and example. So as we demonstrate to them our prayer life, as they see us praying, how powerful it is when a child grows up and says, you know, I used to walk by my mom and dad's room and my mom or my dad would be on their knees praying. I remember that they would pray with me, not just at mealtime, 
But they would ask me during the day, hey, how's your day going? Or they would talk to me. They, they were people of prayer. They, they exampled something in my life that is powerful, and now I'm living that out too. And so again, we, we teach our children these little prayers. Now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And those are, those are great little prayers. But if we've been a Christian a long time, we should be praying with more depth than that. But what that does is that establishes something in them. And then we begin to, to help them develop their prayer life. We say, well, instead of praying this little prayer tonight before you go to bed, why don't you just ask the Lord and pray to the Lord what's on your heart? You don't have to pray this prayer every night. And so what that does is that's developing something in them. And our children are learning these things back there in Kingdom Kids. And they're developing their own relationship with the Lord. They're developing their own daily disciplines, as it were. They're developing their own prayer life. They're learning how to praise. They're, they're uh, instituting praise in their life and demonstrating that to other children. And so we our goal as a parent is to teach them and train them up to release them to become committed, strong, anointed followers of Christ, right? So what better time than when they're young where we can instill these things in their lives? And you, you guys know, you've, you've seen little children, and, and they're, they're so pure in their relationship. And they begin, they'll, sometimes they'll say things, they're like, wow, where did you get that? And so they're developing their relationship. But are we doing the same thing? Or have we gotten to a place, a plateau, where we're, we're just kind of cruising through life? But that, this relationship should be fresh every day, every morning. And it should be a dynamic relationship with him. Now, I know that on Thursday mornings, we, we pray the Lord's Prayer. And even when, when we pray in the morning or at night, that can become rote or repetitious. I know, I know it can. You know, I, I know that we get into these ruts sometimes. Uh, but let's be cognizant that let's not do that. Let's just take time to pray. Let's take time to wait and stop and listen and not just be throwing up some quick little prayer. Okay, I've done my prayer for the day. But let's really be more intentional in seeking him. Prayer is the connection to him. It's not something that we just do to check off our list. Uh, verse 7 says, Thank, uh, They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. So again, prayer is supposed to be personal, not mechanical or repetitive. Verse 8, Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Well, wait a minute. If he knows, what's the point? Why do I even need to ask him? Have you ever had your child or your grandchild, somebody come to you, and, and it's obvious what they need? But there's something there about that relationship where they come and say, hey, could you give me a hand? Yeah. Hey, hey, Dad, I'd, I'd really like a bicycle this year. I think I'm ready for one. I, I, I think I'm ready for a car. No, son, you're only 10. Um, <laughs> You know, but, but our Heavenly Father loves to be in communion with us. He loves that relationship, and that's the, the key part of prayer. So Jesus gives us an example of how to pray and what to pray in the model prayer. 
And I know that the Lord's Prayer I memorized in the King James Version. And, and uh, <laughs> so, you know, it doesn't really matter what version you memorize it in. It's a matter of the heart and that we're, we're just praying. And uh, you may have memorized this, this prayer. And I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation, which is different than how I learned it. or maybe different how you, you learned it. But I want to talk a little bit about the Lord's Prayer. And so in the NLT, which is the primary version we teach out of, it says, pray like this. Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. So we are acknowledging him as Father, and we're saying, we want to, to lift up your holy name. You are holy, and so we're acknowledging you as Father and that you are holy. Verse 10, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so again, Jesus, and we saw this when he was in the garden, he said, not my will, but your will be done. I don't, I don't want to go through this, but it's your will, not my will. And so again, here's a model prayer of things that we should be praying for and how we can pray. It doesn't have to be just like this in this verbiage. It has to be, for, it should be from our heart. So Jesus is saying, may your will be done in my life. How many times do we want our will? And how many times are we resistant to his will? So help me, Lord, help me to yield to your purpose, to your will, to your plans. Because sometimes his plans look different than what we envision. Give us today the food we need. So he's saying provide for our, our daily needs. And we live in such a blessed country. I, th I think that sometimes we take that for granted because there are people in other countries and other places that they may not know where their food is coming from that day. So, Lord, give me some food today. And uh, so we need to, to recognize that God is the provider for our daily needs, all of our needs. Verse 12, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Forgive us and help us to forgive those who have hurt us. Help us to forgive those. Help us to make the choice to forgive others who have hurt us. And uh, this line varies from translation to translation. What I learned was, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And some versions say, give, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And some versions say, uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And uh, I looked, I did a little bit of, checking on this, and trespasses comes from the traditions influenced by Anglican or Episcopal or Methodist or Roman Catholic. That's kind of where that phrasing comes from, and that's how I learned it, although I, was, I didn't go to any of these type of churches, but it's just how I learned it. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Sins, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, comes from, uh, it's more influenced by the 20th century movements, um, you know, just Again, when, when we, and I'll probably talk about this in a couple of weeks, when we look at the Bible, when we look at the translations, we're, we're translating from one language, uh, Hebrew, to English, or Greek, to English. So sometimes there can be, uh, uh, it's a matter of which word do we want to use. And, and they're all good, but they just have a little different uh, uh, maybe take. Uh, debts comes from Presbyterian or Reformed traditions, also known as Calvinism following the theological traditions of, uh, set in place by John Calvin. And uh, 
really debt is probably a better word for this, better than trespasses or sins, because I think Jesus was trying to instill an element of debt there that uh, forgive us our debts, because our debts are, are, you know, we think of debt as just being money, but there's, it's really a lot more than that when we consider that Jesus died on the cross to what? Pay for our debt, to pay the ransom for our sins. And so I think that there's, there's an element of Jesus trying to get us to understand that, that, uh, I mean, he hadn't died at this point, but when we, when we pray this prayer, forgive us our debts, uh, um, sin is a debt against God. Sin is something that is unacceptable to God. And so Jesus came and died on the cross to pay our debt, to pay the ransom for us so that we could be free from sin, so that we could be restored in this relationship with, with the Lord. Um, verse, let me, let me look at... Uh, Let's see, Matthew 6, 13 through 15. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. In other words, keep us strong. Keep us from falling. Keep us connected to you. Keep us focused on you. Because I know how easy it it can be to get distracted and and get off focus, right? And and so, Lord, help me to stay focused on you and and help me not to yield to temptation. Let's look at James chapter 1, verse 13 through 15. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So, and we've talked about the scripture many times. Sin will get into our life, or we make these choices, and it will drag us away. And when sin comes to fruition, it leads to death. It could be spiritual death. It could be uh, physical death. It could be a life of uh, addicted behaviors or something like that. And so when we succumb to the flesh, our carnal desires, that's where we can get sucked into this trap. Again, John 10.10, you know this, the thief has come to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you would have abundant life. So Jesus didn't come that we would live a marginal, sin-filled life, a, a life of all these problems and issues. He came to set us free and that we would remain free in him. But it requires this connection to him. And so uh, he doesn't tempt us to sin. Uh, Temptation comes from our own desires within us. And that's why Romans 12, 2 is so important, I think, that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we come into alignment with his purpose and plan, and he begins to wash our life from the inside out. He begins to change our heart. And take those desires away and cleanse us. Again, it's not a religious thing. It's a transformation thing. It's a love thing that God does in our hearts and lives. And we all know people that need that. And they may be turning to other things, thinking that's going to solve their problem. But it's only the Lord that can heal our woundedness. It's only him that can do something in our lives. It's only him that can change us, change our desires that we don't want to do those things anymore. I don't want to smoke dope anymore. I used to smoke it every day. I have no desire to do that. And and so God begins to pull those things out of our life 
Because he wants us to, to not walk in those things and not compromise our relationship with him and not go down this path. But he wants us to live this life of freedom in him and this life of relationship. Uh, Matthew six fourteen, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Forgiveness is key to this whole relationship because we've all been hurt and we've all hurt people too. <laughs> and so do we want grace? Do we want people to forgive us? And so forgiveness is key in this model prayer. Forgiveness is key to living the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. One of the, the fruit of unforgiveness is bitterness, hatred. That's where all that stuff comes from. Many times is unforgiveness. And so God has said, listen, forgive them. Forgive those who have hurt you. And if you're, if you're having a hard time forgiving someone, pray and ask God to help you. But really, forgiveness is a choice. And, and forgiveness is never about saying, well, it's okay. It didn't matter. It didn't hurt me. It, it's all right. No, it's not saying that at all. It's saying, I choose to forgive them, and then it's between them and the Lord. But I'm not going to carry that junk around with me anymore, and I'm free from every time I see them or hear their voice or see their car drive by that I want to get upset. I'm releasing all that. I forgive them. And it's amazing how that works. And then we can just go on and live our life in, in freedom. So my three points this morning are prayer directs our attention to the Lord. Prayer is not for show. It's for connection with the Lord. My third point is we are to be active participants in prayer. Um, so prayer is talking to the Lord just like having a conversation with anyone else. And prayer is a response to a heart connection with the Lord. Can you imagine being married to someone and never talking to them, never having any communication with them? Or um, I mean, what kind of relationship will you have if there's no communication with anyone? And so it's the same with the Lord. And so we need to have this connection with him. Um, so here's, here's the thing, that we, we want to develop a life of prayer. And it's always good to pray for one another, pray with one another. And, uh, you know, uh, sometimes I like doing things like this on a Sunday morning sometimes because I think it's important. I think it's important that we connect and that, that we don't just get a message and go out. But we, we take time right then to go out and live it. Live this thing out. Because we've been talking about seeking God. It's not just about hearing another message and then going out the door and, and doing the same thing we've always done and getting the same results we've always gotten. It's about a change, about God doing something new. And that requires us to maybe make some changes in our lifestyle and our daily disciplines of intentionally spending time in the Word, in prayer, in worship. And taking time to pray with one another. And so that's why we have the prayer team up here on Sunday mornings after service. So people can come up and get prayer. Because people need prayer. We all need prayer. <laughs> and so it's wonderful we can, when we can pray together and, and we can share one another's burdens. I love you guys. You guys are passionate. You're, you're, you're passionate about your love for the Lord and your relationship. And I know that we're all at different levels and different places, but God is 
doing something in every one of our lives. And it's a dynamic that looks different as you look across the room, as diverse as the people, as you look, are diverse as what we're going through and the dynamics in our life. But it's important that we come together, that we coalesce together as the body of Christ. And we can pray for one another and say, man, I'm having a hard day today. Will you pray with me, please? And somebody says, yes, come on, let's pray. Or, hey, I just got a promotion or I just got that job. Well, let's celebrate. Let's thank Jesus together. There's something that happens when we do those kinds of things. That's what the body of Christ was designed for. That's what Jesus came for, not just to save people, but that we would have these connections and these relationships with him and with one another. Well, if you will stand and let's bless one another, if you'll recite this, if you'll join me in reciting this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance you and be gracious to you. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. Can we start over again? Yeah, okay. Okay. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. 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 Hey, the, the prayer team will be up here. And in the meantime, I want to challenge you as always. Make a difference in the world around you as you go out and live it. You're dismissed. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.